Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about a little bit more about the upcoming Season 9 that is kicking off in March, what I am dubbing Shrouded Spoils. 2.0. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. But before I get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons because they are the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast, just like you can to support this content that is coming to your podcatchers, whether it be on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or uh, whatever they do, podcasts. I have no clue what they do anymore. Google Podcasts. What else is out there? I know Podbeam's doing their thing. There's anchors. There's a whole bunch. But these folks are getting it over on patreon.com and they have a, a their own RSS feed that has the ad-free version. And many of them, honestly, they just want to support because they appreciate the work that I put into this to delay a podcast, even though I know it's going to really hurt those of you that really love having the podcast on Monday to make sure that you're getting the most amount of content for this episode because it is a big one and I'm excited to talk about it. But before I do that, I have to let you know who those patrons are. So thank you to People's Republic, Elcute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Hasco, Captain Hayes, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Cloud ha- or Godhammer 6, Cloud Hammer, I don't know what I'm saying, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Nightstar, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Raja the Brave, Registella, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Norwegian, Scumelt 666, Captain Dasm, That Kilted Guy, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Heger Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow, thank you all so much for your support. It really does help. And I hope you all are having a fantastic time. Don't forget, the end of the month is when we're going to have the Gold Hoarder episode uh, for March to make sure if you are a part of that Patreon group, if you're part of that Gold Hoarder, you are invited to come onto the podcast for that episode to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Doesn't matter to me. All right, with that, let's get into it. First up on today's docket, time-sensitive content. I want to make sure you guys are not missing out on stuff. I am going to be talking about Shrouded Spoils 2.0, but there is some stuff that I want to make sure that you don't forget about, because if you do, you're really, really going to hate yourself later on. What you should already be doing is the uh, Marauder's uh, Melody stuff, the the stuff that you should be jumping into daily to make sure, well, not daily, every uh, every two days to make sure that you're getting in, uh, experiencing some different aspect of Sea of Thieves to make sure that you're working towards those five different cosmetics from each of the different years that Sea of Thieves has had an anniversary update. 
I just got done doing a uh, shrine, the coral tomb one, the one that I hate the most. Uh, actually, no, I take that back. I don't know that I hate that one the most, but it's the one where you have to go down and you have to flip the switches in the right order. And every time you do, the water level rises and it spawns sirens. Um, as a solo player, I, I only had like four of the 10 to kill for the, the thing. So I didn't get any of that, but I got my five pieces of coral treasure turned in. I got my uh, exploration of a shrine or a treasury done. So um, I'm, I'm in line to continue getting all of the items I already have, uh, but it's a, it's it's nice to go in. And um, I've been trying to make sure that I, I remind my friends who don't jump into Sea Thieves, but they've probably missed out on a lot of these cosmetics. So I wanna make sure that they are getting in there to do that so they aren't uh losing out on that opportunity to to really kind of uh get the the cosmetics that a lot of us may or may not have in fact a lot of people haven't been playing the game since launch so there's quite a few opportunities for you to, to jump in and get some stuff so just remember to be doing that that ends on the 16th um what kicks off on the 16th is actually going to be a new set of Twitch drops. So just a reminder that if you want the Omen set, this is the Omen wheel, the cannons, and the capstan. This is from the Gears of War, if you're not familiar. Uh, a lot of gold, a lot of red and black, um, metal, lots of skulls. Very nice. I recommend it. Um, if you want those, make sure that you're going over to the different uh, Sea of Thieves streamers, watch any Sea of Thieves streamer, uh, play for an hour for uh, each reward, and that kicks off from March 16th through March 18th. So make sure that you're uh, paying attention to that. Then after the... Um, after the, the March uh, 16th through the 18th, they'll be kicking off another three set of the, uh, or another four set technically, of the drops. And that's where they're going to be giving away the uh, figurehead, the flag, the sails, and the hull. So you want to make sure that you're paying attention to that because that's going to kick off on the 18th and that's going to go until the 20th. Um, so you have time to be able to do that again, one hour per uh, item so you claim in each each item and then you do that uh try and keep an eye on your auto uh, looters if you if you have any of those extensions to be able to do those i always recommend them um, that way you don't have to think about it too much just make sure the first one's working and as soon as that one's done then you can leave it to do its own thing otherwise you might have to kind of sit there and babysit it but glad that the, that they're bringing in the omen stuff i like the omen stuff i think the omen stuff's um some of the better tie-ins that they've done with the gears of war it's kind of a bummer that they're doing it now because i would really have loved to have it coincide with an announcement for another gears game um or maybe something from coalition uh they're just a fantastic studio i think they do really good work and uh would, would love to have some announcements this upcoming e3 which i'm hoping to go to this year uh so with that in mind i think the only other thing is is well pff, season nine Season 9 is coming out on March 16th. I'm very excited for this because one of my favorite updates has been Shrouded Spoils from the first year. Um, I've talked about this a lot in the past, so it's no surprise to anyone that's been listening to the podcast for a very long time. I loved Shrouded Spoils and what it did because it made the world feel alive. Uh, and I actually went back to the original announcement for Sea of Thieves uh, putting out Shrouded Spoils, the announcement trailer for that. And after watching it, I, I realized just how much similarities there were between shrouded spoils and season nine which is why I, I decided that it was like this is this is 2.0 this is getting back to uh the the good old days of what it was like to have 
just a lot of stuff happen to the world of Sea of Thieves as opposed to one specific thing that is driving everyone to that content. Like with season eight, it was all about the dives, right? Every Everyone was going to the hourglass. That was what was driving content for season eight. Season seven was driving players to go out and get their ships and get their milestones and stuff like that with captaincy. Um, and then, you know, it, with all of that being said, we we haven't, we still had a lot of narrative going on with the the world, but there's always kind of been one main thing that comes with the season that kind of really showcases what they want to uh, put out into Sea of Thieves. And with season nine, we're getting a lot of little things, but a lot of these little things are things that I really, really love. They're, they're things that made me uh, really, really enjoy kind of my day-to-day uh, going into Sea of Thieves because it was a little bit different each time. Um, so I was looking at Shrouded Spoils and I wanted to kind of write down some of the main things that we got in Shrouded Spoils so that when I talk about what's coming again with Season 9 and some of the things I'm looking forward to, um, it, it kind of rings true. So back in Shrouded Spoils, uh, we got the first introduction of Fog. And this was really kind of cool because we'd never seen anything in the game like that before. Like we never had fog in the game. Like we'd had storms and storms were about as good as it got. So when we got the fog, it was really unique to have this thing that just kind of roamed around. And there were times where a lot of us were uh, fighting megalodons in the in the fog or we'd, we'd come across another ship or we would use the fog as a way to lose other ships. Uh, if we were getting chased or, or if we were um, uh, looking for something to do, you know, we would always go hang out in the fog. It, it really kind of dimmed the atmosphere. The music would, would kind of get quiet. There'd, it'd be really, really spooky. Felt really great. Um, and ever since Pirate's Life Caribbean came, or, or Pirate's Life uh, Tall Tales came out, we've had uh, the the Black Pearl cosmetics. I've always wanted to see, like, how cool would it be if we just had the that cosmetic and having that ship emerge from the fog and what that would look like in the regular area of the world because for the most part for all intents and purposes the fog has mostly just been out in the roar because that's where the least amount of stuff happens uh so when something like that spawns uh that is that is generally where it ends up or it ends up like way on the bottom half of a map uh or out on the edges and stuff and that, that's kind of where a lot of like shipwrecks and uh bounty chests and and, and reapers bounties and stuff have all kind of been pushed out too uh and it, it's just a real shame because those were some of the things that i think really were enjoyable about sea of thieves in the early days you know we we got fog and after cursed sails we'd always wanted to see like what the skeletons skeleton ships would be like so we got roaming skeleton ships and we got skeleton sloops um, and it was really kind of amazing because then they took the the actual Curse Sales event and they turned it into a world event. So you could actually go and visit the different fleets, um, which originally were just kind of out in the outskirts of the area. Um, and then eventually they moved them in closer and then eventually they just rele relegated it to one area, which I always kind of wondered about, like why they decided to go for that.
Uh, and with Shrouded Spoils, we actually got the onset of ship customizations. It was the first time we could actually customize the wheel, the cannon, and the capstan. And it really brought in some of the original set pieces that uh, that we'd wanted to kind of um, flesh out the, the rest of our ship. You know, if you had the Adm Admiral ship, you wanted to have the cannon, the capstan, the wheels. I'm still waiting for the lanterns and the uh, rowboats. Um, I think those are two things that I would have liked to have seen with Season 9. Uh, that didn't come in. With season or with uh, shrouded spoils, we also got uh, the mermaid gems. Those came back. Uh, they were originally a build rat adventure that came out at the end of 2018, uh, at the end of July, which is right about the time that I hit Pirate Legend. Uh, and I enjoyed that event because it was unique. We didn't understand what was going on, but I always felt like there was something interesting about the mermaid gems. Um, and my questioning, it, it was when I started to question Duke uh, in, in his motivations, which was rightly so. Um, now we're getting those kind of like moved in, but having them back in Shrouded Spoils was fantastic because they were a solid base of gold. Uh, they were something that was unique showing up on islands and you could turn them into any reputation, which really changed the game for Merchants Alliance. Uh, Merchants Alliance was one of the hardest ones to do at the time. You always had to go out and either uh, get a, a ship together and then go to um, uh, go do a bunch of animals. Like we didn't, we we'd barely gotten, I think, uh, crates at that time. Like um, the actual like. Uh, uh, plants and, and rum bottles and stuff like that with the roar uh, brought in all of that content back in like October. Uh, so it was always very unique to, um, to, to have something that you could turn into Merchants Alliance that earned golden reputation for something without having to go through all the trouble of keeping animals alive or making sure plants didn't wither or or uh, uh, bottles that broke or or you know cloth that got soaked uh and we also got additions to help out with uh merchant alliance in the form of new fort loot so at the time we only had one type of fort and that fort had a fair amount of loot in there but a lot of the stuff uh that was in there was the um the, the stuff that, that was kind of contributing to all of the factions except for two. And that's when we got the uh, skeleton chest and the skeleton or the, the crate of ancient bone dust. Uh, so, or we've, no, I'm sorry. We didn't have, we had the chest and we had the skull. We didn't have the merchant loot. Um, or no, we didn't have the, the skull. See, this is how long it's been. Uh, I know we had the chest and I'm pretty sure we had the villainous skulls i don't know that we have anything for the order of souls that was like a, a skeleton captain thing now but at the time uh we were really hungry for a way to kind of bolster our merchant loot so we got mega kegs and we got the ancient bone dust and there was a lot of times where we would be working on forts and because forts were pretty much like one of the main things to actually get loot at, uh, you would find a lot of people working on Alliance and say like, hey, you know, we, we just want this loot. We don't necessarily need the other stuff. We will 100% work with you to complete this fort so that we can just get these one items and you can have the rest. And there was a lot of times where I ran into crews to actually do that. 
So going now back to this and thinking like, okay, we got the customizations, we got the fleet event, we got the roaming skeletons, we got the fog, we got the mermaid gems, we got the new fort loot, we got the new skelly sloops, and we have a harder kraken as well as the megalodons that were roaming around. Um, it was very interesting to to kind of sail around the seas and feel like the world had completely shifted like no longer were these just special events now we had more to do we had more things to go after and we had commendations associated with them and it was a really interesting time for us because it felt like the culmination of an entire year uh before the first year of sea of thieves had even completed and we were very happy with it for, uh, at that point so now going into season nine so much of this feels like they've they've been listening to what i've wanted for a long time which i i think a lot of people have been saying uh in in that we want to have another shrouded spoils we want something that brings a fair amount of quality of life changes to sea of thieves uh that continue to address some of the main concerns that we have beyond some of the big big target things which are things like hit registration latency on on old servers um you know things like that things that we know that they're they're testing and working and playing with uh but aren't ready for release and these are the smaller things that they can do and they're going to do a whole lot of them and then put them all together in one season to kind of round out what i think we've had in cfus for a while which is a lot of great content but not a good balance of that content and i think season nine which shrouded spoils 2.0 is really going to address all of that and i'm excited for that it may not sound like i'm like you know over hyping it or anything and i don't think i need to because at the end of the day, we're all still going to be playing Sea of Thieves. I think these are just going to be things that when we get done at the end of our session and we think back, you know, to a week ago when we didn't have these type of, of quality of life changes, we're going to be like, man, how did we ever get by without this? And I think some of these are going to feel like that. Like already Sovereigns has completely changed the loot game. Most of us are running around on captain ships. We sail up to uh, the Sovereign Tower and it, 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 we just harpoon all the loot off of our ship and immediately drop it onto the platform and then turn it all in in one place and that has completely changed how we do loot in sea of thieves before we had to segregate stuff we had to move all of the order of soul stuff to one section we had to move all of the the merchant alliance stuff to one section and we tried to keep all of the gold hoarder stuff in one section and these the, those were the days where we had to actually run each piece of loot to the different tents to be able to turn it in now we don't even take that into consideration. So it's very interesting to think about, like, what are the things that are coming with season nine and how is that going to impact it? And I think about some of the easy things that we can talk about, like the fruit radio on PC, very easy to handle. You got a button, it's, it's assigned to fruit, you spam it a bunch of times and you cycle through the different things that you want. It's why PC players tend to have so much easier of a time uh, being able to, to um, eat the fruit that they want as opposed to whatever happens to pop up first because they they don't have time to be able to go into their menu to be able to choose the fruit that they want off of their inventory which is still a weird thing in my mind 
Like we still have an inventory. Do you guys always go to your inventory? I'm always curious how many of you actually navigate to your menu uh, to actually check your inventory and then pick something specific. Small note, uh, I did read in the feedback from last week that you can do this on controller as well as you hit the, uh, for me it would be A, for, I think for most people it's A button, but I can't, I, whatever button it is, you can hit it and it'll cycle through it as well too. So just wanted to add this caveat. I did forget that that was the thing that you can do on controller. I'm still curious to hear if you uh, go into your inventory at any point though. So looking at season nine and looking at like the fruit radio and knowing that we also have the bait radio, it's really interesting to, to see that they have finally come to addressing some of the main issues that I see with playing on a controller, which is ease of access to different things that you want to play with, bringing it more in line on, on parity with uh, what, what PC players can do with their keyboard due to the number of keys that they're at their you know, what they have in front of them. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here looking at my elite controller and I have uh, four back pedals that are mapped to jump. Uh, I think fruit uh, swapping my, what is this one? Swapping weapons running. I can't remember what this one does. It does something. I can't remember what it is. I think it's my fruit thing though. Yeah. So, but then outside of that, I've just got my bumpers and the bumpers are good to be able to pull up my radios and my quests and stuff like that. Um, but I don't have the flexibility that I have with my keyboard. And I'm hoping that with, with Shrouded Spoils 2.0, uh, I'll feel like I can navigate to things I want quicker, which will improve, obviously, the quality of life. Um, I think the main thing that is going to happen with season nine, I think the things that, that people are really going to remember this season for kind of the way we think about like um, storage crates and how those changed the way to be able to take loot from a barrel all at once uh, and put everything all in one crate and then transport that into your ship supplies. Um, I think the auto harpoon is probably going to be the thing that everyone thinks about when they think back to season nine and just how good it was uh and, and what really made a difference for them and i think that plus with the um turning in loot that is in collector's chests uh without selling the actual collector's chest i think those two mechanics are the ones that are going to serve people the best and people are going to think back to season nine and think, oh, you know, the, the it was cool that we got the ghost fleets back. It was nice that they rebalanced the world thing. You know, it was cool that that you know we could we could find loot uh, from ships that have been sunk um, with the birds. But I I I feel like auto harpoons and uh, and turning in chests or turning in items or trinkets within a collector's chest were going to be the ones that everyone thinks about in the future. Because I think those are going to be the ones that impact us the most on our day to day. And I'm glad for that because I think those are two things that really ought to have been with the game from the get go. Once we had kind of realized like, oh, we can pull all of the all of the uh, all of the contents of a barrel and stick it into a storage crate. Why can't we do that? with a collector's crate and it kind of always goes back to the idea of like okay well i can hold a big chest with two hands but why can't i hold a silvered cup and a skull at the same time and the answer to that is collector's chest but if you don't have a collector's chest then 
it, it really doesn't serve you a whole lot of good. Like, so why can't we pick up two different items in in your hand and, and, and be able to run around with that? Like, I'd love to run around with two different gems. We're always relegated to just holding one item. And I'm always curious, like, why, why we can hold a chest with two hands. But that was something that I think would be a nice little fix in there. Um, one of the things that came with Shrouded Spoils that was really interesting was the harder Kraken. And I say harder because to us then it was harder. Um, it wasn't, you know, exceptionally harder, but uh, they, they played around with it a lot since then as far as the actual balance goes. But we didn't have a Kraken that could wrap your ship and we didn't have a Kraken that could slap your hull and and smack it um and having those enter into the into the the mindscape of what a kraken could do um was not revolutionary but it was a welcome change and i think that was something that i was hoping for with uh the 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 kraken or with um the megalodons like now that we're now that we're getting into season nine uh i kind of wish that we had had a, an additional stage to the kraken something that was more than just what we currently have but actually give us the head of a kraken something that can you know um do something that would would be interesting enough into the fight that would cause us to uh have to adjust how we're playing whether it be it's spitting a whole bunch of ink at us and causing us to all be blinded for a certain amount of time anyone on top deck um or uh just just screeching at us and causing us to to kind of swagger back and forth like as if our if we're dealing with um piercing sounds and, and it's affecting our ability to aim or something like that you know you have to go below deck to be able to uh kind of deafen the sound of a of a kraken screech um something like that you know something that would have really kind of made the kraken more interesting as opposed to just more frequent um if i'm if i'm being honest so additionally uh with season nine um the fleet event it, we're, we're getting a little we're getting the ghost fleets back which was a world event and then went away because of flame heart um in the movement of the story there that is kind of returning the same way that when curse sales came out uh the fleet event was something that got introduced in shrouded spoils so something we could go and do now with the ghost fleet event it's nice to see that back but what i would have loved to have seen in addition to this is the skeleton brig because with shrouded spoils we saw the skeleton sloops and a lot of that was just due to the fact that at the time we had brigs we had sloops and we had uh galleons and it was nice to be able to have um the kraken be able to attack all of them and it was nice to have uh you know the skeleton sloop added so that there was a a little bit easier of a type of skeleton ship that you could go after especially if you were just a solo sloop um but it's been too long since uh the skeletons have come up with a new type of ship in fact it's been since shrouded spoils so i would have loved to have seen the skeleton brigs uh to add a two-masked ship on the seas to be a skeleton uh, uh, uh ship that would add a little diversity to like okay well is that a skeleton sloop or is that a, as a player sloop is that a skeleton galleon or is that a player galleon to add the skeleton brig to that question uh would have definitely made it a little more interesting because if you see two masts on the horizon there's no way that that's not a player ship and i think it's it's time to see the skeleton brig i want to see what that looks like i want to go up against that and see you know how is that in a sloop or how is that in a galleon
With shrouded spoils, we got the ship customizations for the wheel cannon and capstan, and they have they have done a good job of increasing the uh, the amount of loot available in the Emporium to be able to have the full set of cosmetics, and they're expanding it to the uh, ship crests. Uh, season nine, I think really needed to push out more of those ship crests really kind of give us all of the ones for the original sets that, uh, livery sets that we had when the game first launched. I want to be able to have, uh, custom ship crests for the different, uh, bilge rat admiral sets, the sea dog sets, um, the, the, uh, I'm thinking what the other ones, uh, some of the different emissaries, like we haven't had, I imagine the emissary rewards are probably going to have the ship crests at some point, but now we're going into fishing poles and tankards. I think there's better stuff that we could have gotten out of the emissary stuff, but I'm sure it's probably in the loot table at some point. But I really would have liked to have seen Season 9 bring in additional type of ship customizations. Uh, rowboats are one of the few things that everyone loves to use, and they've been a great addition, and they've evolved over the years to include cannons as well as harpoons. But we've never had... Um, the, the ability to change how they look or repair them. And I think a lot of us is, have always wanted to be able to repair them because if you find a good one and it takes a couple hits from something, you want to be able to still use it. And if they start to uh, get too damaged, then they start to get a little buggy and they don't really work well. Sometimes you just get a, boast, a busted rowboat and it's kind of a bummer. So uh, I would have loved to have seen with season nine, them add the ability to customize the rowboats have that just automatically attuned to the color scheme of whatever your ship livery set is for your hull and to be able to repair it to be able to um you know be able to use a couple pieces of wood to repair the body so that you know if it does take damage you can at least do something with it um so those are those are something that i was hoping to hear from with season nine when i started to realize what we were getting we're getting mermaid gem rebalance that was something that was brought in shrouded spoils those are being addressed in season nine and i think it's great to know that multiple gems could come from it it doesn't make sense i i've i've resolved not to question how or why seems like just a thing they wanted to do um but i'm it's it's interesting that with shrouded spoils they introduced or reintroduced the mermaid gems and now we're getting those back with season nine as a rebalance shrouded spoils brought in new fort loot and i've kind of talked about that but one thing i didn't mention was the chest of fortune uh which gives you cosmetics for the fates of fortune it's also a fairly fairly good amount of gold as well which is kind of nice uh but this is going to reinvigorate the drive for players to go after fort of fortunes um i can't tell you how many times i've hopped onto a server and there's been a fort of fortune active and this happens from time to time as content comes out uh, it becomes relevant, and then as the, the, the time goes by, it becomes less relevant, and more people move on to different things. Uh, with Season 8, it was all about the dives, and I imagine with Season 9, it'll be all about the uh, Fort of the Damned and the Fort of Fortune, because those are going to be the two ways to really address things that people don't engage with. Uh, I think the Fort of Fortune is... A really interesting fort it is obviously the hardest which is very interesting that they are rebalancing it to accommodate solo play i appreciate the fact that they're doing that as someone who plays a lot as a solo player um and as i i think about you know like should this stay some of the hardest content when players who prefer to play solo um want to be able to engage with all of the content 
I'm of two minds because I understand the drive to make content available to everyone. But at the same time, I also respect the desires of those who want to have engaging content that really forces them to pay attention. Uh, because if they if they're either not paying attention to what's going on in front of them and they're paying attention to what's going on uh, outside of, of the Ford itself and as far as like other ships coming in, um, you can very quickly die and then end up uh, on, on the, the ferry of the dam. Whereas the other the opposite that is true um if you're paying too much attention because the fort of fortune is so difficult you may very well miss the uh, rowboat of people who are coming over to sink your ship and then kill you and then steal your fort of fortune so i understand the drive to want to have content that is challenging because it keeps things keeps you on your toes right um I'm very, very interested to see how hard a solo Fort of Fortune is because currently it is pretty difficult. Uh, you typically have to get prepped for it if you want to do it solo in the sense that you have to grab a bunch of Disney sticks um, and uh, take them with you so that way you can kind of deal with the Ashen Lord at the end uh, in in quick succession as well as, well as the Skeleton Lords because they're cheap and do pocket blunders which is something I think I would have liked to have seen addressed in season nine as well, too. I don't know, because we don't have the full notes yet, and I won't until Thursday. Um, but hopefully they will have taken a look while they were rebalancing a lot of these uh, events to kind of see and judge how how the skeleton lords act, because it's something that I think is a little a little too annoying when the animation for a blunderbuss is not present uh, or is delayed to a point where you die before you see the muzzle. Um, I think that's something that I would hope is addressed in season nine, but I'm not going to hold out. I'm not going to, to, you know, get my hopes up that they address that when they were going through the rebalance. I think they probably just tweak the numbers of the events themselves as opposed to looking at how the content is engaged with. Um, so it'll be interesting to find out when that actually goes live. The Fort of the Damned is another beast all in of itself. Uh, the Fort of the Damned, man, that is, it's an interesting one because I feel like anytime I engage in content that is activated on its own uh, in the middle of the Sea of Thieves, I'm putting myself out there that I'm willing to get attacked. And that's always stressful as someone that tends to play solo is I, I want to get content done. But if I engage with a Fort of the Damned, I know that that skull is going to draw more attention than if it were just a random skeleton fort that, you know, anyone could see and just assume like, oh, there's a good chance someone's not there or there. There's no way to really tell. Uh, and so the Fort of the Damned has always been one of those ones that I haven't engaged with because I just don't want that kind of attention. Um, and, and, and that's just how it, you know, I'd rather have the loot, but I don't want the attention from the loot. Um, and there's a lot of loot on there that will draw attention. But it makes sense why Rare has chosen the Fort of the Damned and the Fort of Fortune to uh, introduce the, the stuff that they're doing in, in the sense that they're bringing the chest of fortune to the fort of fortune because the fort of fortune is the hardest content and the chest of fortune is the one item that is going to start to unlock the livery set for the fates of fortune so it makes sense um the fort of the damned they're doing uh because they want players to engage with it because you get the reaper chests and the reaper's bounties from those 
from that that actual fort. So if you're going after the for or the Fates of Fortune weapon set, uh, and you have to go and get the actual Reaper's chests and Reaper's bounties, instead of sailing around the seas to go and grab those from shipwrecks, you can do a Fort of the Damned and acquire those uh, bounties, those chests uh, from that means, which is is going to be a lot easier, I think, in my opinion, than having to to sail around and, and waste time doing that. So it's very understandable. It will also contribute to those that need to turn in Athena loot to the, the Reapers. Um, it will benefit those that want to work on those weapon sets. So I imagine Fort of the Fortune and Fort of the Damned are going to be two of the uh, biggest different types of events that folks are going to focus on in Season 9. And they're going to be highly contested at the beginning. So if it's something that you know you want to do, be very cautious because I think this is going to pull people away from dives and from uh from the hourglass and bring back a lot of tucking i think uh tuckers and uh people who are trying to, to snipe um forts are going to be coming back to season nine because of the draw of having players who want to engage with the pve content not expecting the pvp aspect of it but you really really ought to Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer or you'd like to save money on games, it's one of the benefits of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show at the end of the day when all is said and done how do i think season nine will hold up to compared to season eight or season seven it always comes down to how engaging is this content going to be for players and I'm very curious because right now, season eight is some of the most compelling content for gamers, um, at least for those that are, are comfortable with PvP. Most of the PvE players probably aren't going to be interested in this. But I'm very curious to think about what is this going to do for the Sea of Thieves? And I think this is going to be a return to form for those that enjoy the immersive nature of Sea of Thieves, those that are always kind of questioning what is life going to be like on your on your your voyage tonight like what is your voyage going to have in store for you because right now while season eight is going on there's not a whole lot of pvp in adventure there's a lot of people engaging in one-on-one -on -one battles and with season nine I would not be surprised if we started to see more multi-ship battles at events. 
Um, in fact, I'm hoping that that is kind of the case because it'll be very interesting to see like what players decide to do. Will people go after this ship set? Is this ship set something that is worthwhile enough to them to be able to justify giving up on what they're working on to fight over a fort for three hours to see who wins just to get one chest or will players give up stuff something like this will players give up hop to another server and go start a new fort of the damned with the voyage costing doubloons and ha and people having so many doubloons right now because there hasn't been a good dump for doubloons in the ecosystem I would not be surprised if players start running into a situation where the game of attrition comes into play with their Fort of the Damned. And their Fort of the Damned does not warrant the amount of time and effort that is being put into when all they have to do is go to a new server, buy a new voyage, dig up the chest, and go start a new Fort of the Damned. At the end of the day, I think everyone is going to come to their own decision on how they address getting these cosmetics. If it's something they even want to get, uh, what I would like to see from Rare is a continued effort to every year address how the balance of things are in the world. Uh, and that, that extends to loot as well. Um, I think one of the big troubles that we have with loot right now is that there's a lot of different types of it, but the value is not always explicitly understood. Uh, the Chest of Fortune is an item that will be turned in for cosmetics specifically, not for the gold that you earn off of it. Yes, it will be a fair amount of gold, uh, but it is not going to be the main driver for a lot of people. Cosmetics will. Completionists will want those commendations done. And as such, when they get those done, I think people are going to disengage with the content and i think once that happens we'll see a, a return to normality where uh, world events currently are ignored or not engaged with as much so i'll be very curious to see how do pe how do people think uh season nine will be when season 10 comes and what would season 10 look like at this point Season 10 is going to kick off in E3. Um, right now it is March. We've got March, April, May, and then three months would start off in June. Uh, there's probably going to be a rather big announcement in my mind. Uh, I, I don't have any confirmation on this or inside knowledge of this, but I have this thought in my mind where season 10 will probably be something large. Now, whether or not that's the Grand Maritime Union, Flameheart's return, maybe introduction of the captain, something big will happen. And I think that they're going to want to showcase that for E3, which is why I think season nine is so light as far as uh, big content drops. Um, so I'll be very interested to see if this season is considered the shrouded spoils before the anniversary update that brought us nine tall tales in the original first year of the game because if that's the case then i will probably still look back fondly on season nine as one of the better uh seasons that really kind of helped um, bring life back to Sea of Thieves allowed us to feel like this world was always changing and there was something unique to do or something to 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 kind of change up the monotony of what you're used to. Uh, and season 10 will be the thing that shifts the 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 gamer mental state as far as like is Sea of Thieves worth jumping into now? Because I think season 10 
will probably be one of the biggest seasons for rare in the next year and if i'm right about this i'm excited at what the prospect is because i've been seeing a lot of uh, you know a lot of interesting things happening around the world you know obviously we've been seeing the uh, the weird rat kind of show up which i think is actually going to be tied to a mystery um not that i have any inside knowledge on this i just that's where my mind goes when i see the little rat kind of in social media because that's kind of what was going on with the first mystery the mysteries were intended to be something that's part social media part in game and i think what we're going to start seeing with the kickoff of season nine is is that we're going to have that small little rat with the glowing eyes that we've seen in some of the social media content uh actually kind of show up in the world and i would not be surprised if the rat can talk as rats tend to do well at least you know depending on what kind of you know tmnt there's a rat that talks you know mickey mouse things like that um but much like salty i would not be surprised if we find out like if that rat talks is it the trickster that would be an interesting play because it would be very very funny to find out that the trickster was turned into a rat somehow um but there's there's a lot of interesting stuff that i think is going to happen that as we kind of play throughout the next set of adventures in season nine what that leads into because we know that the story of um bell or not bell who am i thinking of Briggsy. uh we know that the story of Briggsy is kind of on hiatus for right now and that uh the next adventure is going to focus on the pirate lord and why that ties into that uh but i wonder how much of this is all going to play into season 10 and how big season 10 is because if if i have if i have an inkling I think season 10 is going to be the true return of Captain Flameheart. I think Flameheart will finally return and we will see his his body and we will be able to like interact and talk with him. He'll be down in the Reaper's lair, all that jazz. I think I think Flameheart's coming back in season 10. I think we're going to see a really big to do about it during E3 and I'm very excited to see cuz we know E3 there there are things probably going to happen around the 11th of june which would probably be right about the same time that season nine is wrapping up given that season nine is kicking off on the 16th of march three months later right around that same time would not surprise me if they decided to do uh let's see let's take a look at june and see what the thursday would be after that so it would probably be the 15th if it's after that i would not be surprised if season nine goes until the 15th of june and then there's a week space maybe or they just push it to the 22nd of june and it's right around the same time that i think pirate's life came out so very interesting thoughts uh from myself what do you all think do you think that this falls in line with a good a good track record on what they've done in the past do you think that rare has something big like that on the horizon uh, i know a lot of folks want it to be a pirate's life too i don't think that's the case guys i really don't um i would be very happy if it was but i i, I don't think it will be i think it'll be the return of captain flameheart because that story has not picked up since the last uh community decision which was um new golden sands and i think with season nine we'll finally get a lot more of golden sands done uh i'll be very interested to see how much is done because i want to see what happens to the shipwrights and the merchant alliance i think those are the two two right now that are out on that dock um that i want to see like how built up that is in season nine uh so very interested to see but 
I'm, I'm very curious what you all think if season 10 is going to be as big as I think it's going to be, but something connected to Sea of Thieves' story, not necessarily uh, a pirate's life. With a little bit of time left in the episode and having a chance to kind of sit down and stew on what uh, season nine is going to end up being before I get a chance to actually jump in, um, I wanted to go back to a couple of the comments that I've gotten that I said I wanted to actually get there. So this one comes from Banana Mutt Nuffin over on uh, YouTube who wrote in and put a really nice comment in for the episode with the Gold Hoarders back at the end of February. He says, Awesome podcast. A few things I wanted to point out from personal experience, which I always love. I love when you all tell me what your personal experience is on things because everyone does things a little bit differently. And it's fun to kind of hear how people go about playing Sea Thieves. So uh, they go on to say, honestly, I feel like people would still be surprised of the amount of people who are still playing on last gen consoles or older graphics cards. I literally just upgraded my PC GPU to a 3060, uh, it's an NVIDIA 3060. Um, but before that, I had a 1060 with three gigabytes for the longest time which if you guys don't know is actually uh, weaker than the the graphics cards that I'm currently working off of, which is a, I think like an eight gigabyte uh, 1080 from 20, what was that? 2017. So quite an, quite an old card uh, to still be playing Sea of Thieves on. Uh, almost worse than the Xbox One base console itself, which is not wrong. And the, believe it or not, if you put everything on the worst settings at the lowest resolution, you can still play Sea of Thieves on quite a lot of old hardware out there. It's really amazing uh, just how bad the game can look if you if you really want to turn stuff down. Uh, and a lot of it's tied to resolution as well, too. But uh, they go on to say, now that I upgraded, my friends and I hopped on. But every single one of my friends I'm playing with currently uh, are on the Xbox One S last gen. I wish they would give out the number of how many people are still last gen, but I'm sure it's not a small number. I believe if they did do a Sea of Thieves 2, uh, and this is in response to them getting rid of the last gen support and moving just strictly to newer gen consoles, uh, I believe if they do a Sea of Thieves 2 only for the new console generation, a lot of those people would be forced to buy one as other games are starting to take that route. Also, Sea of Thieves 2 would be so cool. Take Call of Duty for an example. Every year, they were coming out with a new game with new cosmetics, regardless of rather, uh, or, or, or regardless of rather people bought them on the previous, oh, regardless of whether or not people bought them on the previous title. Not everything always needs to be carried over. We had our fun with this one. It would be nice to move on. Destiny is a great example of people grinding for years just so that they could come out with Destiny 2 and start all over again. And that was fine. There was a carryover aspect of it. Maybe they can do the same. So Banana, thank you for writing in. Thank you for sharing your feelings on that. I was very surprised to see you uh, write in and talk about how so many of your friends are playing on the last gen consoles. Uh, I think as the price of the Series S goes down, if it does go down, it's hard to know. Uh, we saw on Black Friday last year that it was down to $200, which is cheaper than getting into a Switch for next gen hardware. Granted, it does have trade-offs as far as like the, the actual hard drive space and stuff. Uh, I think as we 
get to those types of norms for sales, like 250, $225, $200, it'll definitely be a lot easier for folks to get the get into the next generation without having to spend upwards of $400 the way Sony does uh, with their PlayStation 5. Granted, their PlayStation 5 uh, without the disc is on technical parity with their PlayStation 5 with a disc. It's just that extra $100 that they charge for that disc drive, which does cut out a lot of folks um, as far as like what they can do. Uh, but the Xbox One S, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think that was the SAD edition. I think they had the SAD edition and then they had the One S as well. And then they had the One X, which were the newer gens of, or the newer revisions of the One. So I'll be very curious to hear if any of your friends decide to pick up uh, or, or are looking forward to picking up an Xbox one uh, or an xbox series s or if they're going to go out for a, a series x as well and just get the the bigger system uh for that um additionally uh mr andrew over um on on uh youtube also wrote in and i wanted to make sure that i bring this up as well too i can't remember if i did or not i feel like i did but i can't remember uh but oh no i remember because i remember getting comments about how uh people will like the idea of swapping chickens to to penguins and stuff but he he did uh, want to talk about as far as like the ice zone region getting abandoned too quickly um i do remember i actually picked that up and, and we talked about it as well but uh i really love kind of getting through the comments and seeing what people say thank you so much for those that have reached out um just to to say that you appreciate the work that i do that uh you like the mic quality i'm I, i'm glad you enjoy it the patrons are the ones that got me the microphone the patrons are the ones that are helping make it sound so good so as much as i appreciate you telling me that the mic quality is good if it wasn't for the patrons um i would not have such a nice microphone to be able to record on so it's all thanks to them um i'm trying to think if there was anything else let me take a break i want to scrub through discord to see if there was something that i might have missed Boy, am I glad that I checked the Discord because I almost forgot to include the announcement of a Sea of Thieves board game coming to you via Steamforged Games. This is going to be called The Voyage of Legends. Now, we don't know a whole lot about it. We don't know if there's going to be uh, any little miniatures. Um, we know that there's going to be little cardboard cutouts that are going to have uh, different types of ships as well as um, enemies that you have to deal with. It's going to be a, uh, a, a typical board game that you would probably see. There's going to be tokens. There's going to be cards that have different stats on them. Um, and you're going to have different episodes that you have to work through uh, and achieve different goals and deal with um, you know enemy types as you kind of work through uh, different voyages and stuff like that. Um, from what I can tell, it's hard to, t it's hard to know for sure. They don't have any information about this on their website right now. Right now, they just have a couple tweets about it in a newsletter that you can sign up for. Uh, the one tweet says is a little Friday treat for you. A first look at some of the components of our upcoming pirate adventure, which had, uh, to have a Kraken boss that has the Kraken head as part of the actual encounter. Curse you, Rare. How dare you uh, put the Kraken head into a board game before you put it into Sea of Thieves. I can't believe it. 
Um, but it's interesting that they're coming out with a board game. Now, if you're interested in kind of finding out a little bit more about this, I'll put a link to this in the show notes if you want. Um, and to kind of give you an idea of what this is going to cost, most of the games that are over on Steam Forged Game are roughly somewhere between 70 to $100. Uh, the main board game, I think, for... Uh, let's see, what do they have? The actual board game for Horizon Zero Dawn is like 110 bucks. Um, Resident Evil 2 is somewhere between the 50 to 100, depending on if you get the expansions. Uh, I'll be very curious to see how this all kind of plays out. Like if if it's going to be 100 bucks to get go. Um, if it does, I'm going to expect miniatures. Um, if it doesn't, then I would imagine it would probably be a little bit less. Because right now, uh, as I'm kind of looking through their website, they've got uh, Elden Ring, they've got Dark Souls, they've got Resident Evil, um, they've got Gears of War, some of this stuff uh, like Devil May Cry. They definitely do a lot of games as board games. Um, but I think that a lot of these are are mostly in the range of yeah i'd say like 70 to 100 bucks roughly so go into it knowing that um it's great to see that sea of thieves is expanding to this it's more than just a monopoly game it's more than just a um a tabletop adventure or tabletop rpg uh this is going to be a straight up board game with actual like i've got a gargoyles one that i've played a couple times in the past i don't really go in for board games so I'm still kind of hesitant to actually pick this one up uh, because I don't see myself really doing this too often. I'd much rather be jumping on the actual game where I've got stuff to do as opposed to uh, this where it's going to be sitting down and playing it with a bunch of people that aren't nearly into as Sea of Thieves as I probably am. So they'd probably be humoring me in this case. Uh, but it is cool to see for a lot of folks that really, really love uh, board games and I think it's great that Sea of Thieves is expanding out and getting their IP out there it's really great so uh, I'm still working with the studio right now to try and get an interview with um, Adam and Pete uh, who are in charge of all of that they're very busy as you can tell uh, trying to work out these deals and get these things made um, but I'm still working to try and get them on the show so I can talk to them about different things as including figures I want to know where are the the Sea of Thieves figures um, but one of the questions that came in actually came in from Super Pack over on the Discord, and he says, so now that there's a Sea of Thieves tabletop game on the horizon, when do you think we'll see a spin-off video game? A lot of big Microsoft franchises have had those. Gears, Halo, Fable, Forza with Horizon, which was a spin-off of the regular Forza Motorsport. What is your ideal Sea of Thieves spin-off game? And I, I had to sit here and, and think about this because I, I genuinely... I'm not sure what what would I want because Sea of Thieves it takes care of the first person aspect of it it takes care of the simulation aspect of it I get a lot of satisfaction out of uh, killing skeletons and digging up stuff I I would really have a hard time thinking of what I love to do because for me when I think of my go-to games as far as like what is outside of Sea of Thieves that I play that are the type of games that I just just absolutely love digging into um heroes of the storm world of warcraft destiny 2 all of those have uh grind hooks built into them and what i mean by grind hooks are just things that that they get you in and out of the game uh but give you a small bit of of satisfaction of reward you get that dopamine hit when you win a match you get that uh dungeon that you run and you get some loot out of it 
Um, you get into a strike or a raid uh, that you get some loot and, you know, you get to work on bringing up your power score. So all of those things are things that I really, really love with Sea of Thieves. I don't know how Sea of Thieves would ever be able to move into one of those types of games. So I, I have such a, a hard time thinking of what would I want out of a Sea of Thieves game? And I think it would probably have to be a first person or no excuse me not a first person a single player uh third person action adventure game let's go legend of zelda i would love to have something akin to breath of the wild where it, not not even breath of the wild I'll, I'll i'll take it even one step further i'll go all the way back to wind waker because I think that's where a lot of my love for sailing comes from, uh, is probably Wind Waker. Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, if you've never played it, and I, and I wouldn't blame those that maybe haven't because it is not very accessible for one. And for two, uh, it's an older game and there's been, you know, 22 years since that was released. Um, so I wouldn't blame anyone for not having an opportunity to sit down and play it. But Zelda Wind Waker is probably one of the highlights from the GameCube era that I always think about when it comes to piracy and there are pirates in it but if I had my if I had my decision I would love to take uh Mike Chapman sit him down him and Chris Alcock knock out a story a, a full story narrative and have the team that is working on Everwild put Everwild on hold because who knows what that is at this point? No one knows. Um, they haven't addressed it since 2019 uh, when they announced it at the um, at the Xbox uh, event that they did in, what was that, November, December? I can't remember. Um, and they haven't talked about it since. It's been very hush. But I would love to have a Legend of Zelda Wind Waker game that is single player. It's got a boss. It's got a story. It's got your main character. You can you can make your pirate how take the infinite pirate gener, generator, apply it to this game. Let me make my pirate. Let me copy my pirate over from Sea of Thieves into this game. That would be even better. You know, I would love to be able to take my pirate with all of the cosmetics that I have and just have them represented pulled over into a third person action adventure game that allows me to play as my pirate i've still got my sword i've still got my uh, you know my flintlock pistol i've still got my uh, eye of reach and my blunderbuss and those are the tools at my at my disposal but i have to play through a story that is on par with the books that is uh, on par with the tall tales and let me have that single player experience in Sea of Thieves, you know, have the same aesthetic or even, you know, go a little less realistic or a little more realistic, you know, play dabble around. It could be completely different, but I would love to have one of those games because I, I genuinely do feel like those games are the games that I enjoy when I can't play with my friends and I don't feel like fighting online for something or doing, you know, something that's grinding for no reason you know destiny is a game that i grind for no reason nothing about the game uh do i think ever really impacts the state of my character you know the state of my being and what i do in life but it's just a thing that hits that dopamine button every day but i would love to have a story from mike chapman and chris alcock because i think that their their narrative is some of the best i've i've seen in games 
uh, when it comes to tall tales and adventures. I think they do a fantastic job telling a story and their imagination is on par with some of the best Imagineers from Disney, in my opinion. Uh, and I would love to have that Legend of Zelda epic adventure like Wind Waker with my pirate in a story curated, like purposefully curated to uh to 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 you know take me on it on an adventure you know have it be a pirates of the caribbean but as sea of thieves told as a legend of zelda wind waker game if i could have that man that would satisfy a lot of the check boxes on i think what a good spin-off game would be for rare and i think rare has the talent to do it and it would be interesting to see with them going with all of the knowledge, all of the all of the stuff that they've learned over the last five years with Sea of Thieves, what would a third person action adventure game with your pirate as the, the main protagonist be like in a Sea of Thieves story that is just a single player story put into a video game? Like, what would that be like? And if that if that was something that Rare could do, and I don't, I think a lot of studios could do it. I would love to see, you know, like something on level with Santa Monica Studios or Naughty Dog or uh, um, I'm blanking out on other studio like Outer Worlds or not Outer Worlds. Um, oh gosh not not co coalition would be good too but what is the obsidian um what obsidian could do if they if they were given the opportunity to do that i would love to see um oh, i can't think of the studio that does hellblade tenuous sacrifice i can't think of who that studio is off the top of my head but they're exceptional storytellers i would love to see what they could do if they were given the keys to sea of thieves to build a single player game that was like legend of zelda like, what would that be like? What do you all think? What would what would your be's what would yours be? I know People's Republican in the Discord actually uh, responded to Super PACs or, or CJ's um, question and actually said that they'd like to have a TV series first, which I would love to see as well. Too, given that I just finished up The Last of Us, I would love to see a Sea Thief story told as uh, gritty, maybe not as graphic, but as gritty as um, Black Sails. But they uh, they answered the question it says maybe a uh, Sea of Thieves tactics game, a la uh, Koei's uh, under uh, un, un, Uncharted Waters, um, New Horizons, on the SNES, which I've never heard about it. Uh, Super Pack says a swashbuckling roguelike would be interesting, uh, and then follows up with a a deck builder. Um, I would love to see something that is is like what are your ideas for this because I, I i'm leaning into what i love which is legend of zelda if i can't have the dopamine hits that i usually get from other games um because i love sitting down and experiencing a world call of the sea is a fantastic story driven game with puzzles that is so aligned with what i love out of sea of thieves that i recommend anyone that hasn't played call of the sea please please go invest the few dollars that it is on whatever system you're playing on right now and experience call of the sea because i think it's it's one of the best stories as far as like this is an indie game that is telling a story and there's going to be some interesting puzzles kind of like an escape room that you can experience right now but i would love to see what that second team is doing or well, not the second team but what that other project team is working on everwild for drop everwild and make a single player Sea of Thieves game that you can import your uh, pirate from Sea of Thieves from. That would be cool. I would love to see that, especially given the nature of how 
they wanted to originally have you be able to use um i can't remember if it was the if it was the game boy camera but at one point rare wanted to give the ability to import your face onto a character in goldeneye i think this was i think this is true if it's not true then feel free to call me out i know you guys were really good at helping kind of research some of this stuff thank you all by the way for the uh the responses for um I forgot his name. What is the guy's name? I hate that I forgot this. Son of a gun. The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger guy. I can't... It was like... Uh, nope. It's gone. It's 100% gone. This is what a week does to me. Um, it wasn't even a week ago. God, that's even worse. My memory sucks. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember at a point, Rare wanted to be able to... Uh, have it so that your face could be on a character in GoldenEye. And I remember them doing stuff uh, with, was it, was it Donkey Kong 64? I think it was Donkey Kong 64. It was Banjo-Kazooie. No, I think it was Banjo-Kazooie where you could hop swap the cartridges or something like that and be able to get access to other games by force loading content from another cartridge um in and, and, and it was just it was they have these amazing ideas and they don't always get to execute on them but if everwild was a different game and i could choose what that game would be i would love to be able to import my pirate from sea of thieves into a first person game that had a story by the narrative team over at rare um allowing me to play through a legend of zelda wind waker-esque sea of thieves game that would be the spin-off that i would want what do you guys think let me know all right pirates that's going to do it for this episode of the keel hauled podcast uh just a reminder season nine is kicking off on the 16th the documentary which i would ask all of you to please go watch to let rare know how much you appreciate them putting all the effort into making that uh that comes out on the 20th you've got twitch drops starting on the 16th through the 20th all the way up until the anniversary and you still have time to go and actually uh work on um the the different things that are going to be coming out that or that during that time as far as like login bonuses the community day the community weekend i guess is going to be for all the ancient skellies so make sure you book that time take off time if you need to get your get your doctor's notes ready because there's going to be a lot of money to be earned through ancient skellies there's going to be a lot of fun to have uh in sea of thieves with the new update there's going to be a lot of people out there fighting ancient skellies in the middle of a fort of fortune as the fog is rolling in and players are sneaking on to sink their ship it's going to be amazing look forward to the stories and all the fun with pirates if you want to get a hold of me there's plenty of ways to do that uh head over to twitter at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n you can send an email to c-a-p-t l-o-g-u-n at gmail.com you can write in the comments on the youtube version of this or you can write your uh, messages to me on uh the twitter or not twitter um on the discord as well so feel free to head over to the discord server there's a questions and feedback uh channel just for the show so if you want to uh, write to me about that if you have enough time 
and you want to uh, hear my thoughts about other stuff going on in Xbox's industry, I am now uh, a co-host and have been a co-host for a couple months now over on the Xbox Expansion Pass. Uh, Luke, Lore, and I have had a fantastic time um, chatting every Saturday. Uh, the show comes out on Sundays, and we just really love talking about stuff that's going on in the industry. And I think this one, I finally kind of uh, went a little hard in on um, Suicide Squad because I was really disappointed with the marketing. So there's some good listens out there if you're interested in keeping up on the news with that. Uh, I would encourage you to go check that out. Let me know what you think. Uh, give Lore uh, or Luke some, some love uh, over there as well because he's working hard. He's working so hard to try and put out good content for everyone just like I try to do every week for you. And I would appreciate the, uh, the love and support if you can. Pirates, that's going to do it. So thank you. I love you. And I look forward to seeing you on the Sea of Thieves. My name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Do you love the Mass Effect series? And are you looking to learn even more about Mass Effect? The things that you didn't even know that you didn't know? Well, this is your host, Tom, or Robots, and me and my co-host, N7Legend, do a show called The Mass Effect Lorecast. It is available on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this right now. We also do it live on twitch.tv slash robotsradio, 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific on Sunday nights. So go look it up right now, The Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to have you join us.